Well, I think we have all prayed. We have all prayed if praying is merely wishing or hoping or longing for something and hoping that there's someone out there who might be paying attention. And I'm sure we have all been disappointed. Whatever it was you were hoping for or praying for, I'm sure you've experienced the disappointment of it not happening. Maybe there was something else you needed to do. Maybe you needed to make a bigger show of it or say the right words, say enough words. Maybe you needed to show more dedication and devotion. These are natural questions to ask yourself if you've been facing a disappointment of any kind. But Jesus shows us in that that passage just then that they're not the right questions to ask about praying. Because praying is not merely wishful thinking. And praying is not a performance, nor is it a, a quota of words that you have to reach. No, praying is much simpler, yet much more powerful. Jesus begins his point on prayer by again singling out those religious hypocrites that we uh, looked at last week. And once again, he tells us to not be like them. He says that these guys love to pray standing in the synagogues or on the street corners to be seen by people. Now, in the first century, there were these set times of the day where Jewish leaders like the Pharisees were expected to stop and pray. And so these religious hypocrites were kind of planning their day around those three hours and just, oh, I just happened to be on the busiest street in Jerusalem. Guess I better pray. And away they would go. And they would launch into some perfectly polished prayer in order to be seen by the people. And like the example from last week with the big flashy donation, everyone would see and hear their amazing prayer and be impressed. And Jesus uses that same phrase from last week, truly I tell you, they have their reward. They have their reward because the reality of such a showy prayer was that the religious hypocrites wanted to be heard by the people, not by God. Now I'm not really sure that this is a temptation for us today. I don't see many of you standing in the playground trying to draw a crowd with your impressive prayers. But I am mindful that most of the praying that you are exposed to at track is is public prayer. It's it's myself or it's students reading a prayer that's been pre-written for a public audience. And I want to assure you that there's nothing wrong with leading a big group publicly in prayer. In fact, it's a pattern that's encouraged throughout the Bible and all throughout Christian history. Jesus is not criticising public prayer here. Just like last week, he wasn't criticising the idea of giving to those in need. What he criticises is the intention. And it's the intention to get attention that the religious hypocrites have been sucked into. And so like last week with the left hand, not knowing what the right hand is doing, Jesus says in verse 6, but when you pray, go into your private room, shut your door and pray to your father who is in secret. And your father who sees in secret will reward you. In contrast to the hypocrites who make their prayers as public as possible to get the attention of as many people as possible, well, Jesus says we should make our prayers as private as possible. So we focus on our Father alone as much as possible because he's the only one who can make our prayers possible. 
And so he's the only one that our prayers should be directed towards because he's the only one who gives those rewards. But what exactly should we pray? Do we have to get the combination of words just right? Is there some kind of incantation? Do I have to get the right number of words? Is it like when you've got to write a discursive piece for English and you you don't really know what to write about, so you just keep writing and writing and writing, hoping to talk yourself and your teacher into being convinced that you've written enough and it's good enough? Is that what praying is like? Well, that seems to be the problem that Jesus deals with in verse 7. He says, when you pray, don't babble like the Gentiles, since they imagine they'll be heard for their many words. Jesus says that babbling with many words is what the Gentiles do. And here he's referring to the Roman religious view of the ancient world. Generally speaking, uh, many of the ancient Roman uh, religious cults thought that if they prayed long enough and hard enough with enough words, well then their sincerity would be clear and the gods would have to pay attention and be impressed and listen to them. And again, Jesus skewers us on our intention here. The religious hypocrites, they're praying loudly on the street corners with the intention of earning the attention of passers-by, while the ancient Romans prayed endlessly in a great lather and fervour with the intention of earning the attention of their gods. But what is Jesus' response to all of this? Don't be like them, he says. Don't be like those who are protest praying at shrines and stone idols. Don't be like them, because God is not like a stone idol. He's not a Roman statue. What is God? Well, listen again to all of verse 8. Don't be like them, Jesus says, because your Father knows the things you need before you ask him. God is your Father. He's a father, and like all good fathers, he doesn't need his children to earn his attention. We have it. We're his children. And like a good father, he's not a a dumb statue that knows nothing. No, he's our father who sees in secret. He sees our hearts. He knows our desires better than we know them ourselves. So we don't need a special formula or a certain level of devotion to get our point across with a whole stack of words. God knows before our words, before a single word is formed on our lips or even conjured in our minds, he knows when our needs are just a mere feeling. He knows because he's our father. Now, Jesus is not telling us not to pray at all, but he is telling us that we don't have to twist God's arm to listen to us. Or that God can be manipulated in some way. Now, God is our good Father, and His heart is already set on providing for our needs. But like a father who loves their children, He still longs to hear us ask, because He loves it when His children speak to Him. He loves it when we speak to Him in the quiet secret of our hearts. And if you know the Sermon on the Mount, you know what Jesus says next. Jesus then gives us the model prayer to bring to a loving Heavenly Father. It's the Lord's Prayer. And we're going to look at that next term. But as this is our last time together for the term, I want to take this moment to pray that well-known prayer for all of us. 
And can I encourage you that whatever longing or hoping or need that you've been holding on to in secret, can I encourage you to give it over to your Father who hears and knows in secret and then answers these, these prayers through his Son, Jesus, the one who brings in this upside-down kingdom with power and glory. So please bow your heads as I lead us in the Lord's Prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Give us today our daily bread and forgive us our sins as we forgive those who sin against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For the kingdom, the power and the glory are yours now and forever. Amen.